If you've ever had a bad day, brightened by someone's kindness, you know how even a small act of thoughtfulness can make a big difference. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah shares more tools for building kindness into your life and making it a priority to find new ways to practice this valuable virtue. From the series, Everything You Need, here's David to conclude his message, Radical Kindness. Well, you know, when you say radical, I'm sure you have pictures that float through your mind. What I mean by that is just off the chart, just kindness where you'd never expect it and kindness in a measure you could never equate. That's what we're talking about. That's the kind of quality of kindness that we as believers should be emanating in our community. You know, um, we are very grateful for the opportunity that we have each year to take some cruise conference trips. One that we just treasure because we've been doing it for so long is our trip to Alaska. And this year, that Alaska cruise is July 13th through the 20th. And this year, uh, we're sailing on Holland America's Eurodam ship with uh, musical guest Michael Sanchez, Uriel Vega, and special sports guest Tony Dungy, James Brown, and Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. Also, David Todd Jeremiah, my, my grandson, will be along for the devotional time in the morning, and I'll be teaching the Word of God every night, and we will enjoy the beautiful scenery of one of the most beautiful places, I think, in the world, and that's Alaska. Find out more about it at our website, which is davidjeremiah.org. Here is uh, part two of Radical Kindness. Little Giselle only weighed one pound and 14 ounces when she was born. Suffering from a consequence of her pregnant mother's drug abuse, she spent three months in the NICU on ventilator support. Her parents were battling addictions and unable to tend to her, She was transferred to Franciscan Children's Hospital, tiny and alone. No one ever came to see her. But there was a nurse named Liz Smith who noticed her and felt incredible compassion for her. And she began visiting her regularly. She said, since the moment I met her, there was something behind her striking blue eyes that captured my attention. I felt that I needed to love this child and keep her safe. Liz became a foster mother to Giselle with a view forward that would hopefully reunite her with her birth parents. And when that plan fell through, guess what she did? She volunteered to adopt her. And when Liz and her family and Giselle appeared before the judge to finalize the adoption, he stood up and said, when a judge walks into the room, everyone stands up out of respect. But today, I stand in respect for you, Liz, because you deserve the respect from this room. A birthing day is a miracle, but adopting a child from miles away, that's destiny. And even as Liz adapts to the pressures of being a single mother, Giselle has made tremendous medical strides. She still receives most of her nutrition from a feeding tube, and most of her nutrition is hard for Liz to manage But she started taking some simple bits of food. Liz is doing what the scripture talks about when it says, and add to your godliness, brotherly kindness, Christ-like kindness, radical kindness. Isn't that what it is? That's radical. She didn't know this child, but God birthed in her heart a love for this child, and she followed through. 
And you know, God does that if we open ourselves up to it. If we just say, Lord, if there's somebody I should help today, somebody that I should minister today, show me who that is. I stand ready to do it to the best of my ability. So forge your friendships with trust. Don't lie to each other. Free your relationships with anger. Don't be angry one with another. Feed somebody who's hungry. And then fortify other people with your words. Here's what it says. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. If you want an example of unwholesome talk, just turn on the TV. Listen to the conversations of people around you. Listen to your own words on occasion, I'm afraid. The Bible is full of verses about how we speak the words we say, about the tones that we employ. But this is among the most practical and helpful scripture when it comes to the subject of our tongues. Nothing we say with our mouth should be unwholesome. That means unholy. We don't have gutter mouths. We don't use words that are vulgar and that are cuss words. Nothing we say should be unwholesome, unholy. Nothing should be unhealthy. Nothing should be destructive. Nothing should be detrimental. Instead, the words of a brotherly kindness Christian should always build somebody up and benefit them and encourage them. To practice brotherly kindness with your words Make a habit of complimenting at least one person every day. Who can I compliment today? You'd be amazed at the gratitude that flows your way, fills your heart over time when you say thank you. Do you know that Abraham Lincoln wore a Brooks Brothers overcoat when he and his wife Mary attended a performance at Ford's Theater on April 14, 1865. Shortly after 10 p.m., John Wilkes Booth crept behind him and fired a fatal shot into his head. After he was shot, Lincoln was carried across the street to a boarding house where he died. And the personal belongings in his coat pocket were collected and given to his son. Robert Todd Lincoln put them in a box. They were later passed down to Robert's daughter, Mary, who donated them to the Library of Congress in 1937. And the box was never opened until 1976. Do you know what was in the box? What Lincoln carried with him that fatal night in his Brooks Brothers coat. He had a couple of pairs of eyeglasses, a pocket knife, a gold watch fob, a white handkerchief, a cufflink, a Confederate $5 bill, a brown leather wallet, and listen to this, and several newspaper clippings. One of them extolled his accomplishments and began with the words, Abraham Lincoln is one of the greatest statesmen of all time. Though he was one of the greatest statesmen of all time, Abraham Lincoln had borne unceasing criticism. He needed encouragement and affirmation, as most of us do. And what he found was an article that said something good about him, and he folded it up and put it in his pocket and carried it with him through his death experience. And isn't that a tremendous reminder to us that no matter who we are, 
we all need encouragement. We all need to know that somebody cares about what we're doing. And that's why we should never waste any of our words being critical of other people. You know what, as Christians, we don't have to do that because there's a lot of people who've taken that whole thing over and they do it all the time. Why would we join them? Let's be different. Let's be people who have Philadelphian tongues, Philadelphian words, brotherly kindness words. We need to quit being mean as snakes and start being as kind as the scripture encourages us to be. Amen. So, forge your friendships with trust. Free your relationships from anger. Feed somebody who's hungry. Fortify others with your words. And then number five, flush bitterness out of your spirit. Here's what verses 30 and 31 say. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. I don't know if you've noticed, but in verses 26 and 27, Paul says that when we stay angry over a period of time, we give the devil a foothold. And then in verse 30, he says that when we let bitterness grow in our hearts, we grieve the Holy Spirit. So if we don't do right by our words and by our heart, we give the devil a foothold in our life and we grieve the Holy Spirit who lives within us. A bitter spirit does two things at once. It grieves the Holy Spirit and it delights the devil. (laughs) To excel in brotherly kindness, you have to work to resolve your personal issues. This is no easy task. Today there are many ways to seek help in freeing yourself from bitterness. With the guidance of the Holy Spirit, do what you need to get rid of the bitterness in your heart. If you find yourself, when you're alone, creating speeches you want to give to somebody or thinking thoughts that are evil and angry toward... Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. I've actually done that. I've actually done it in my car. But I've been in a meeting where somebody did something really nasty to me, and I'm in my car, I'm practicing the speech I would give. If I ever saw this guy again, I'm doing it out loud, and people are looking at me. I can tell that it was wrong. Many years ago, a student named authoring Lucy Foster enrolled at the University of Alabama. In 1956, the school was an all-white institution, and Foster was African-American. The hatred hit her like rolling waves, and she was expelled within three days after her presence brought protests and threats against her life. In May 2019, 63 years later, Authorine returned to the University of Alabama to receive an honorary degree. She was 89 years old, and this time her presence brought a standing ovation from the crowd. She told them, I sat down last night, and when I thought about it, I was crying. The tears were just rolling down my eyes because it is so different and so unique for me to be able to come to such a university as this. That is a wonderful campus out there. Listen to this, Foster said. The difference is the crowds are here, but I see laughing faces instead of people frowning and displeased at me being here. There's a lot that concerns me about our society today. I'm sure you're concerned as I am. 
But when I hear stories like this, it reminds me we have made some progress. And what Foster said is symbolic of what Christ wants to do in our hearts. As we grow in him, our angry and disapproving faces are transformed into loving expressions. And the Bible says, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Let us always be people who are known for our kindness, who stand up against the ugliness and evil that's so much a part of our discourse today and our evil today. I don't have to agree with you. I don't have to believe anything you believe, but I do have to treat you with dignity and kindness and listen to you as I expect you to listen to me. Number six, forge your friendship with trust, free your relationship from anger, feed somebody who's hungry, fortify others with your words, flush bitterness out of your spirit, and find new ways to practice kindness. By the way, when you get home, get your Bible out and find this passage in Ephesians, and with this little outline, you can walk your way through that whole passage because it just follows through kind of what I normally do, one phrase after the other. That leads us to the last verse of the chapter, Ephesians 4.32, which really brings the idea of brotherly kindness to fruition. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted. Oh, I love that. I remember as a little child, I had to learn that verse. Did you? Growing up in Sunday school, that was one of the key verses. Here the theme of forgiveness is linked with the idea of kindness. Our opportunity to be kind are just totally infinite. Here's another story to illustrate what I'm saying. A few more stories than usual because of the nature of this content. One day, Ashley Jost of Columbia, Missouri, was shopping in a large discount store when she remembered she had committed to reading a book with her friends. Going over to the books and magazine section, she selected a book and took it home. She had just started reading when a barking dog interrupted her. Throwing down the book, she went to check on the commotion, and when she returned, there was a $5 bill on the floor. Where had it come from? She began searching, and finally, going through the book she had just purchased, she found the clue. This is what she found, a sticky note on one of the pages. To the person who buys this book, I'm having a bad day. I thought maybe I could brighten someone else with this little surprise. Go buy a coffee, buy a donut, or a face mask. Practice some self-care today. Remember that you are loved, you are amazing, you are strong. Love, Lisa. She had no idea who Lisa was. But the note and the $5 bill touched her deeply. She shared a picture of the note on social media and thousands of people responded. And Ashley's been inundated by people inspired to commit their own random acts of kindness. And she herself has passed along the blessing. Among her acts of kindness, leaving her own note and gift card inside a library book. Giving a gift card to a friend going through a hard time. And paying for the coffee of the person behind her in the drive through line. Kindness always creates a chain reaction. Have you noticed that? When you're kind to somebody, it makes them want to be kind to somebody else. And I've done that. One of my favorite is, I was in a hurry one day. I'm known to be in a hurry. I was into something one day, and I was going to stop and get some coffee. And around the corner from our church, there's a McDonald's. 
and apparently this woman was coming this way, and she thought she had the right of way to turn into McDonald's before I did, but I didn't agree with her. <laughs> so I turned into McDonald's, and she kind of braked a little bit and came in after me, and she was so mad. The window was down, and I could hear her swearing behind me. And she just didn't stop. She called me everything she could think of, just the top of her lungs, beeped her horn a couple of times, and I got in line and ordered my food. And I didn't know what to do about the situation. So when I got to pay for it, I said, do you know how much the order is for the person behind me? She says, yeah. And she told me, I said, Let me, I want to pay for it. She says, okay. So I paid for her dinner. And it wasn't, it wasn't, she had a couple people with her. <laughs> so, you know, what I, what I should have done is, you know, not stay around to see what's going on, but I had to watch. So I pulled up, you know, of course, where they send you, if they don't have your order ready, could you pull up to that spot? Well, I pulled up there, and I watched in my rearview mirror, and I saw this woman kind of arguing with the person, shaking her head, and he kept shaking his, and finally she just gave up and took the food and went away. And you have to wonder, what did she think? Do you think she felt more angry or less angry because of that? The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. I learned a big lesson that day. Don't wait until you've done something stupid like pull in front of somebody that you shouldn't pull in front of. But look for places where you can do something. Once in a while, you will be blessed by somebody in a special way who cares for you. Don and I were in another part of the country, and uh, this young girl was taking care of us, and we started talking with her, and she started telling us that she was a single mother and that she worked this job. And, it, and she told us, and we kind of picked up on this was really, she had a hard life trying to take care of her babies and working all these special hours. And So when it was time to leave, we got our bill, and I told Don, I said, I'm going to give her a really big tip. And I went up to her and I said, thank you for taking care of us tonight. I'm a Christian and I want to bless you. And she says, what does that mean? I said, well, this is what that means. <laughs> oh my goodness. She was just overwhelmed. She started to cry. She had to leave. She went out of the room. I, don't, I never saw her again. But um, what I'm telling you is we live, most of us, with so much more than the other people around us. And just to be kind and ask God to give us a heart that when we see people who are hurting. And you know what? God helps you to know that. Here's another story. This is not a political story. This is what happened. Before the election in 2016, I was going someplace, and I got a call from the office of Vice President Pence. Now, I don't get many of those. <laughs> so I figured I better pay attention, and we tried to call back, and I didn't ever talk to him, but I talked to the gal that worked in his office. Her name is Sarah. And apparently, they were trying to get in touch with some pastors, and I was on the list, so they were calling. And But as I was talking with this girl, I could tell that something was wrong. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever, even on the phone sometimes, you can tell that. And so when we kind of got done with our conversation, I said, Sarah, are you okay? And she started to cry. She says, no, I'm not okay. She says, I just found out my mom's got cancer. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, sir, I don't know what to do, but can I pray with you? 
Do you ever pray with people on the phone? And I just prayed with her. I prayed for her and I prayed for her mom. Prayed about the cancer and told her that we didn't know her. We cared a lot about her. And You know what's happened since then? I have a friend who knows Jesus, but also knows that one day somebody cared. And her mom is doing okay, I think. She's out of this. But... So... Anyway, I'm just trying to help you understand that kindness is not a doctrine. Kindness is not some word in the Bible. Kindness is a word that has action attached to it. Be ye kind. When you're kind to somebody, that means you do something for them. It's not a warm feeling about your heart. It's not a good enough thing just to have a kind attitude. Kind attitudes are good, but they don't do any good. Kind actions are what do good. Ask God to help you. Just pray the prayer. Lord, help me today to see somebody that I can be kind to who needs a word from you. If you ask him that, he will do it. If you ask him that, you better mean it. Because if you don't, he'll do it, and then you're going to be upset if you don't know what to do. So you ask him, and he'll do it. He'll help you. He'll give you a sensitive heart. There's somebody you should help. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted. And then it says, forgiving them, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. And you know what? There's a tremendous truth in that little section of Scripture. How many of you know forgiveness is hard? Oh, man, depending on what's happened. Sometimes something happens to you that's so awful, you can't... You want me to forgive him for that? You want me to forgive her for that? No, I don't, but God does. And God says this, If you come to grips with what it meant for him to forgive you, out of the reservoir of God's forgiveness for you, you will find the forgiveness you need to forgive somebody else. If you try to do it in your own strength, you won't. But just every time you get to the place where you say, I cannot forgive that person, just remember, the Bible says when we were without strength, when we had nothing to offer to God, when we didn't bring anything to the table, God sent his own son into this world to die for our sin and forgive us. And because he has forgiven me, out of the forgiveness I got from him, I can find what it takes to forgive someone else. For Christ's sake, for God's sake, be forgiven. Well, there's a lot more about kindness that I could say, but we've had a good time today talking about it. Now let's go do something about it, all right? Add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge, and to your knowledge self-control, and to your self-control perseverance, and to your perseverance godliness, and to your godliness brotherly kindness. Amen. Amen. Do something so much out of this passage that someone questions if you're all right. Are you you okay? Yeah. Kindness is such a wonderful quality, and we all need to be ambassadors for that in our walk with Christ. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about selfless love, another one of the qualities that appears on our special list. We have a study guide for this series. We We have a... audio package that you can get, a CD package with all of the teaching. If you're doing a small group Bible study, let me encourage you to take advantage of this particular discussion. 
because it's very uh, applicational. You can have wonderful discussions around these truths from the Bible. Get the study guides for all of your members. You get the book, which is available from Turning Point. You can also get the the, uh, CDs and listen along the way so you're prepared to facilitate the discussion. Then get together with God's people and talk about the Word of God. There's no better thing you could ever do to grow your faith than to do that. This is a great series for a small group. I'll be back tomorrow with um, uh, Selfless Love. And in the meantime, I hope you will take the opportunity to get your copy of the Mediterranean Sea Rules by Rob Morgan. Ten God-given strategies for getting through storms. And it's yours for the asking when you send a gift of any size to help us in the cost of radio and uh, production. And we pray that you will do that and let the Lord bless you with this book. The message you just heard came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and senior pastor, Dr. David Jeremiah. We love hearing how God uses Turning Point. So please write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, RPO Sawasan Delta BC V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca/radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Robert J. Morgan's book, The Mediterranean Sea Rules. It offers biblical tools for navigating life's storms, and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet or search in the App Store for Turning Point Ministries to access our content. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Everything You Need, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. In all we do each day, Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point work to make a global impact for the kingdom of God. But we can't do it alone. That's where Bible Strong Partners come in. These loyal monthly supporters form the foundation of Turning Point, allowing Dr. Jeremiah to teach the whole counsel of God. Partnering with Turning Point enables you to share in the eternal impact of this ministry, leading people to Christ through our media and printed resources, multiplying Bible teaching broadcasts, presenting the gospel around the globe, and strengthening the saints. In appreciation for your partnership, Turning Point wants to provide you with exclusive monthly resources and study guides, member-only communications, an on-demand library of study content, and so much more. Are you ready to see what the Lord will do? Let's expect to change the world together. Go to davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong to become a BibleStrong partner today. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong. If you're searching for more confidence, purpose, and peace in your life, then be sure to request your copy of Dr. David Jeremiah's book called Everything You Need. The good news is that God has already provided everything you need for growth. All you have to do is develop His gifts in your life. This book is yours when you make a donation to Turning Point. And when you give $75 or more, you'll receive the complete set. Visit davidjeremiah.ca for more information. I once read that God made it easier for parents to release their children into the world by inventing the teen years. Yes, it's true, adolescence is a challenging time for children and parents alike. But so is childbirth. And adolescence for teens is like being born into a strange new world of emotions and expectations. Believe it or not, Jesus was a teenager once. 
In the Gospel of Luke, we get a quick glimpse of what he was like at the age of 12, growing in wisdom and stature. That's what all parents want for their teens, and we parents can help by being their biggest encouragers. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's way to parent on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.